This week on the Push All Those Podcast, we talk about energy drinks, pre and post workout nutrition, breakfast, and online coaching. Three, two, one. I'm here with an Insta celebrity. Hey guys, welcome to the Push Pull Legs podcast with myself, Dami. And me, Tom Hall. What's going on, bro? Yeah, it's hard life being a celebrity, mate. I just I don't know what to do with myself half, half the time, yeah. <laughs> so, sounds about right. Sounds about right, mate. You're such a famous, famous man now. Oh, it's just weird people's reaction to it, isn't it? Just odd. So yeah, I was at the um, <laughs> stag do at the weekend, and um, they just couldn't believe that I had six thousand followers, and I was just like, yeah, I know. Nor can I. Really that impressive. Nor can I. I mean, no, me, I, I, I can't. Every day I wake up, and I can't believe it. Like, that many people will um, bother listening to what you. Well, I don't know. Watching, flicking through, hoping for Isabel to be on your stories. Never is at the moment. It's really annoying. Oh really? I can I can stick all over it. Don't yeah, worry. Thank you. Stick all over it. Um, <laughs> but no, interesting fact about Instagram. Actually, I just recently deleted about. What was it, about four hundred followers? Because um, there's an app you can find like inactive or people that aren't like active users of it and stuff, and it's basically a lot of them follow probably, you. Probably me, because I, yeah, I, I haven't posted an actual post in like weeks. <laughs> but basically, like, if you have obviously loads of followers, it's great and everything. But if your content gets sent to those people and they're following you, and then they don't ever interact with it, like Instagram's obviously gonna like think that no one gives a shit about what you what you post. So yeah. it's actually wise to go for your followers and actually delete people from there who actually are useless kind Shit. of users basically wow um, yeah I know so there you go I don't actually care about the followers I have because if I did I would have kept the 400 wouldn't I and made it 6.4 or whatever it would be but I actually don't give a fuck like I'd rather actually people who follow me who actually care um, I'm probably going to lose about a thousand people now I've said that I'm really awesome <laughs> to this. <laughs> but yeah no um, people are all too far too quick, aren't they, to try and get as many followers as possible? And it's like it's easy to just yeah. go and fucking buy followers out there. It's not right. hard, it's, but it's just like they're not going to ever. They're not ever going to like help you ever. I like the uh, I like the people who have uh, bought into the bots, and they have the bots that like or comment uh, based off like hashtags or stuff you've used and based off their likes. Because I get a, you get some some random trainers do it. There's some trainers that I know who uh, have done it. Yeah. And they'll they'll randomly like uh, obviously they've liked my stuff and it'll be like a post from 2017 and you'll be like oh this is really interesting I'm like, what, what? Yeah. how is that relevant or they put like or they put like great photo and it's a great. video and you're like, yeah. <laughs> like this is but really, the, um, yeah, very strange at the moment me and Mike have got um, we found out because basically what you can do on Instagram is you can set up an app or you can pay someone I don't know how you how 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 the guy does it but that you can basically, if anyone follows you, so say for example, I get a brand new follower, right? There's there's an assumption then from this person that they are obviously interested in fitness, right? Yeah. So they set up they set up a bot or or an app or something to follow everyone who follows me. So if I get a new person that follows me, I go on their profile and it says followed by this person like every fucking time. And like the most random people like 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 I've had like family members start following me and then this person's followed them. And I'm like ridiculous like you'd never ever would do that um but yeah me and mike have got someone who's who's got that an app or something set up on us because we keep messaging each other again is this person following them again like yeah follow them again and it's just like so fucking lazy 
like and the guy follows like over seven thousand people it's like you're never yeah. seeing any of those things you're never seeing it um and it's just frightening the lengths people go to just to get instagram followers and just to go out their way to do it all i can we're really i suppose organic with it i just like don't play any games we don't fuck around with anything like that but it's amazing people do like there are some people's posts you can go on them this is a bit of a tangent but let's go off on, on it anyway <laughs> there are some people's posts you can go on them and i know quite a few of them they're like in, they call them influencers or whatever they've always got like between ten and twenty thousand followers right always seems to be between that number and all they get is people comment on their photos going oh, i love this babe love this or something like that and it's just like a really generic bullshit comment not like automated like yours like the people who just yeah. put like an emoji or something it is somewhat related to the post but like you can tell that these people are never actually gonna do anything they're just commenting for the sake of it and it's always like females and it always seems to me they've got this like these little clicks of like 50 60 people who just all like follow each other and comment on all over each other's stuff it's just really odd i think we should do that now. just an odd yeah but like it's just a bit weird like, i understand obviously why they're doing it they're doing it to try and like bait the system so that you get loads of people comment on your posts and like they obviously all do it to each other's posts and they well, obviously do it on my well. one or when, when if i comment usually sarcastically and derogatory about your posts because you get far too yeah. much lo- like love why doesn't why don't people just follow in that yeah i don't know really i don't know maybe because people are nice maybe nah, nah, nah. Nah, they're just they're nah, too scared of you but, too scared but no but like it's interesting though, because obviously like if if you if someone posts something and it is actually like someone you like and it's useful to them, it's always worthwhile commenting or liking because it does actually help the way obviously all the algorithms and shit work. Basically, Instagram will go within the first hour of you posting it. If people like it and comment on it, it's obviously useful information to so then show it to more people supposedly. Um, but yeah, I just find it sometimes a bit odd with it all. Like I just don't really. I just I just post content and just see what happens. Like if people like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. But it seems that people get really down about it. Like, and they get really like oh Instagram engagement's down it's like oh you're just posting shit like could be one of the two things <laughs> um, yeah I don't know it just seems like an odd thing really but um, anyway there's a massive tangent but... <laughs> so much so mate uh, yeah, someone might be interested in you never know <laughs> so basically if you see any of our stuff ever if I ever post anything like it and comment something straight away like straight away even if it's just love this photo and it's a video just po- just comment it just do anything please I'm desperate <laughs> Definitely, uh, definitely not, mate. Um, don't spend oh, enough time on it. Right, we've, we've I, know, I think that's the other reason. I think I'm kind of useless on it because I don't actually do anything on there. <laughs> not, a, not a user of Instagram. I don't <laughs> give a fuck if someone posts on. It. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's nice to flick through. Um, end up not liking anything. You're just like, yep, oh, this is good to scroll. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. It's mainly just one of your. one of your dodgy squats. I'm like, oh, Tom's not back squatting heavy again yet. Look at him. Great. Heavier than you every single time. Um, but yeah, we're in a, <laughs> only like barely. It's got to be like within five. It's about five kilos now, mate. Definitely. I'm sitting there around like eighty-three. Okay, maybe yeah, within within seven then. Yeah, yeah, within seven. Oh, it's like it's like a whole weight class. <laughs> yeah, I can take you. It'll be fine. Um, right, <laughs> we got to talk about we had, well, we haven't got to talk about anything to be honest. Um, but. We've had questions in our lives about uh, some energy drinks, I believe, pre-workouts, post-workouts, some nutrition guidelines, and then I've ga- I've posted a pit a picture. I haven't posted a picture. I've uh, given Dan a question, which he was uh, I, f- I found that he was unsure on. So nutrition, I don't even really know about it. So it'd be interesting to see my obscene point of view, but also Dan's actual knowledgeable point of view. Mm. Uh, Questionable. Questionable, questionable questionable point of view 100% um, yeah. but yeah we can talk about that um, also oh I haven't even I haven't even reviewed it 
on here. The Biscoff ice cream. Ice cream. Mm, I'm extremely jealous that you've had this. Oh, mate. Like, so my client, Ali, hats off. Um, he decided to uh, do a Waitrose delivery. And I think he ordered six boxes. And he gave me a, gave me a few. So thank you, Ali. It was beautiful. I've dived straight I need, in. I need clients like that to send me stuff. <laughs> Just, he walked in with like a Selfridges bag and was like, here you go. I was like, oh my God. It's like, did he, did they they sell- did, they, I bet they were like perfectly moated as well. <laughs> they were so good. It was unreal. Uh, but yeah, they are incredible. Um, yeah, so they're like, there's, there's some like nuttiness to it. And then like, it's they're slightly, there's, there's, they're smaller than a normal Magnum, but if you've ever had like the double layered Magnum, that's what you've got in your head. Um, they're slightly yeah. smaller, and you have got under the chocolate bit, you've got the Biscoff spread surrounding the uh, the ice cream, and it just it just blends in so fucking well, Dan. Oh, I don't swear often in this show. It's so good. Ten out of ten. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think that's a that's a swear worthy thing yeah. though. Um, Absolute ten out of ten, mate. Like it doesn't even matter that the ice cream's just kind of normally like vanillary stuff, but just just putting biscoff on it is great, um, yeah. and just the chocolate is good. And yeah, they will be. Looks like I'm getting Waitrose home deliveries from now on. Um, yeah, <laughs> just to get time that. to invest in Waitrose. <laughs> I don't know why they don't sell them anywhere else. They've got to right, after this, but. Yeah, they always um, end up doing that. They always have exclusive deals with like one supermarket yeah. for a little while, and then they... and they'll branch them out. It's really annoying, though, considering there's a humongous Tesco next to me, so I'm just waiting for them to go in there. Um, they will do. They definitely will do. They've got to. Um, yeah. yeah. Also went to that crazy coffee space um, that I want to take down to, and because uh, they have a, they're the most. I think it's the most expensive coffee in London. It's like fifteen pound a cup for where was it from? Is it like Panama or somewhere else? It wasn't the Panama one. I had the Panama one. Um, but yeah, crazy expensive. They they didn't have the £15 or the £13 one in stock, apparently. Uh, they were waiting on uh, their orders. 100% because everybody just goes there like I, I want it to and just be like, I want that cup of coffee because it's the most expensive one. That's <laughs> like... Um, but yeah, lies, mate. That's clever. Lies. Yeah, if you've got the balls enough to charge it, people will pay for it, won't they? Like, like mm. me, apparently. Um, but yeah. Incredible filter, smooth, bloom, really good. I'm glad you enjoyed it, mate. I did, I did, I did enjoy it. Obviously, wishing you were there, mate, to enjoy it with me. You always wish I was there, Tom. <laughs> Whenever you were out and about in London, always. Um, right, we're going to delve into this topic. We've got a couple more, um, but we'll talk about this. Energy drinks, Dan. What were you asked about? Energy drinks? How shockingly oh, awful they are, and I can't stand them. No, yeah, so I had um, for lunch. I had sushi with a monster energy drink and i was like that's possibly the most best com- the best combos for lunch ever you've ever seen in your life it's ridiculous <laughs> it is incredible. But anyway animal. so I had, I had that and um, and someone messaged me and said oh, are the those monster energy drinks inherently bad for you and i obviously wanted sugar in this is obviously i wouldn't have one of those ever because it's a complete waste of 70 grams of sugar whatever how much is in them um but i, I was referring you know you referred to the sugar-free ones specifically yeah um and the thing with the sugar-free ones is that they get such a bad rap because energy drinks in general get a bad reputation. Um, and there's no doubt in that sugar, that, that, sorry, any sort of like diet drinks, I think, I, I think I'm right in saying this, correct me if I'm wrong if you're a dentist out there, is that they're not great for your teeth. Like I think that's one of the things that people talk about not being great, whether it's the phosphoric acid in it, 
I think it's the phosphoric acid or the citric acid, one of the two. But citric acid is is in like citrus fruits and stuff, so that's not that bad. Um, obviously, there's sweeteners in it. But the the question about it being inherently bad is always a funny one, I find, because a monster zero sugar one is just caffeine, sweeteners, and B vitamins. Effectively, that's what's kind of in them, um, with a bit of like I said, this phosphoric acid, citric acid, which is found in any other fizzy drink anyway. Um, so effectively then all you're looking at really is like it's the same as having a coffee with sugar-free syrup in it and then a Barocco on the side. And no one would... No one what would a delight. That. that would be great. If over the course of the day you had a Barocco and then all, like, at the start to start the day and then a coffee later on or something, no one would batter an eyelid. Everyone would think, oh, that's healthy. That's fine. I can't that's, stand that's okay. Barocco. Barocco's vile. I'm not a huge fan of it either, but it's people have good. it, believe people it or not. do love it, yeah. Um, but... That's what it is, really. Is is B vitamins, like I said, some some sweetener and some caffeine, and and there's not re- like I said in Pepsi Max, there's caffeine and there's there's uh, sweeteners, like, just not the same level. Like and again, Monster's just got a bit more caffeine in, um, and, uh, so it's not like bad for you. But I think they just have this bad reputation, don't they? Energy drinks to just get labelled with the, they're bad for you. Um, yeah, and like I say, if they've got loads of fucking sugar in, um, then then yeah, they're not going to be great. Um, that's just that's, that's just because of we're we're mainly thinking about caloric content, right? That yeah, for, for that reason alone, but also because obviously with kids and stuff, if you give them 50, 60 grams of sugar, like this is the whole thing about them kids being them being bad for kids because that combined with the caffeine content at their body weight is a hell of a lot compared to an eighty kilo guy or a eight hundred kilo obese person like you, Tom. It doesn't make a difference really that amount because it's it's like. It, it gets diluted in your in your body fat, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, no, it gets, it, it's not that much for you as, as as your size. But obviously, the reason that you couldn't sell them to like twelve year old kids before, or, or why you can't now, is because for them, at their body weight, it's a hell of a lot of sugar and caffeine to take in one go, and it sends them hyper. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's a lot of schools near me, so I can maybe start off a side business. Yeah, you could, mate. Yeah, oh, um, <laughs> mate, you, you can make some serious cash being a monster. <laughs> Um, but like, yeah, that's the thing about them, and, and like that, and that's why people then go, "Oh, they're really bad for you." Like, why have they banned them for kids? Then it's like, it was nothing to do with anything other than the caffeine and sugar content in them yeah. of those ones, anyway. But obviously, they banned the zero sugar ones as well because they don't have a fucking clue what they're talking about half the people. But anyway, um, yeah, I just think the whole thing are they inherently bad for you? It's like, no, of course they're not. But people want to believe. You know the scaremongers, don't they? Anyone who's scaremongers, they they get a load of press and people talk about it all the time because it's like, oh, I heard once that. Brilliant! I heard lots of things once. <laughs> don't believe it's crazy. It. Yeah, it's just like okay, cool. So what are we substituting it with? Because generally, that person's drinking it because they're thirsty, or whatever. And then you have to make the argument like, okay, what are we going to substitute? Well, you're obviously wanting because you want a little bit of caffeine, you want a little bit, get a little bit perky, Dan, get a bit lively. I just like the them. taste of them. I just like the taste. Like say it's got a bit of caffeine. You've got to substitute it with something else that will have the caffeine. And you're like, great, I need a coffee. Um, mm. But you don't always... Just, just on, a nice, on a nice cold day in the morning, maybe it's, you know, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, you don't want a burning hot coffee. You want a nice cold monster. Like, it's just... You know, I drink mm. a lot more of them in the summer than I would in the winter. Yeah. but Ice coffee, mate. I do like an iced coffee, but again, you can only drink so much of that before you it gets only, a little yeah. bit more... Yeah, same. Whereas Monster is a bit like you can keep going with them. Really nice. That was today. I was about three coffees in, and then I went and had like a fruit slushy thing because I was just like, I want something. I kind of want something to, I don't know, with a little bit of sugar, liven me up a little bit. And yeah, just went for that instead. 
was like, oh, I'm not going to walk. Just, it was too, yeah, too hot. Coffee, a bit boring. After about three or four cups, a bit too much. I felt like I was going to get shit. Yeah, I just find coffee does get a bit too much, I think. So if I have too many coffees and don't have enough water, I do end up feeling a little bit odd. So I just have to make sure I balance it out with Monster. <laughs> you know, because of the hydration in it. So if, if <laughs> we talk about... Uh, with Monster, do you use it as a pre-workout, or what kind of pre-workout nutrition are you using? No, I didn't use it. As, I didn't use it as pre-workout at all. Usually, I just kind of have it whenever I want it. it just tends to be before I work out because tends to be before two o'clock. I drink most of it when I have it. Um, so yeah, that's probably <laughs> when I do it. But it's not like a pre-workout. Like I wouldn't take it like a pre-workout. No. What well, would you recommend pre-workout? It's not enough. It's not enough, it's not enough caffeine in it. 100%. So um, I think there's only 150 milligrams in a can, which is. I think the same as a coffee, pretty much. I think there's much more in there. Well, coffee um, like, isn't coffee normally between like 80 and 80, 140? It's kind of range. Yeah, I'm just depends on how big the coffee yeah, is. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Yeah, Generally speaking. Depends on the espresso shots you have in it or whatever. <laughs> but what are, you um, telling, what are you telling your clients at the moment for pre-workouts, if there is any? I don't suggest any sort of pre-workout supplement or anything like that. Like I've got, um, I've got Ignite with me here. I don't really use it. I only ever really use it if I really feel like I need one. But like at the moment, I wouldn't say I'm I'm training hard enough or long enough or need that much of a boost before I train. Like I'm pretty chilled about training, and like so as long as I'm a pre-workout meal, anywhere between one to three hours before I train, I'm not that fussed usually about no. a pre-workout. I've never really got on with them. Some people swear by them and they love them. And they take them every session, but I don't need it. No, I'm the same. Based on the question I was asked today on pre and post. And they're like, what do you have? I was like, a coffee, um, normally. Yeah. And then, like, I used to have cinnamon buns. Um, or oh, those cinnamon buns are so good pre-workout. To be fair, in, in the summer, I will quite happily, like, gobble, like, half a box of, like, raspberries. And then that'll, that'll see me for a little bit. Did um, you just say gobble? Gobble, mate, yeah. That's not a funny word. <laughs> Dan's hey, like, you can Dan, use it. if you want. I can see what you clearly want to talk about, because Dan's got a cricket ball in his hand. And, uh, no, no. <laughs> you just said gobble, mate. I just, you know. After your uh, fiasco last week, not being able to say what word was it? Worry. Worry. <laughs> how do you say worry? Like worry. That's how you say worry. it? Worry. No, you don't. Worry. No, definitely. Not. By the way, yeah, we have to celebrate that England are world champions. By the way. In cricket, yeah. In cricket. Case Elms isn't there. Case Elms, we won just about. I don't. I don't technically. I don't think it really counts as a win. To be fair, I mean, I don't, I, yeah, the amount of back. permutations to it. <laughs> on camp back, like, oh, you hit the ball past the boundary twenty six times or twenty four times. We only hit it eighteen. Yeah, we win. What? Yeah. Sorry. Okay. It was really strange. Really, really strange how that happened. What a day, though, in terms of sport ridiculous they should have just done another super over I don't know why they didn't just do another one yeah that's what I thought we were just like well we, that was a draw so should we do another one no we got time yeah. I'm sorry what just say, just say just say like right number two people get there going now yeah, like, yeah. come on <laughs> very strange it was very strange but yeah well Jack Nissen. Um I was, a bit, I was a bit sad obviously about Wimbledon in terms of uh, Novak winning didn't not. watch a single bit of it did you not give a shit this is dreadful <laughs> You'll get so much hate for that. I love tennis. I also love cricket. I had both on. Oh, kind of easy. And no, no tennis. they one... not never ever been fussed by tennis ever. Really? No. I I know that, that someone that he got he came back from two match points and won or whatever. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. But that was Djokovic. But we didn't we didn't want him to win though. He's like we not? he's not he's not hated, but he's just not 
the most favourite. Isn't, isn't he? The, isn't he the gluten free guy? He's like, oh, ever since I went gluten free, yeah, I'm now yeah, amazing. He's, like, he's, no, you're just amazing, mate. <laughs> you're just a ridiculous human being um, and an angry fucker. Uh, but yeah, he's won like 16 majors now. Federer's like 20. Nadal's on like 18. Absolutely ridiculous. If somebody wants to actually step up and win something, it could be amazing from below the age of like 32. Mental. All the old guys are just better than everybody else. Very strange, mate. But yeah, go back onto uh, post-workout nutrition. Because the thing that I asked Dan, and I think it'll be relatively interesting for most people, um, depending on the session that you have just done, so either, mm. say, power, speed, bodybuilding, hypertrophy, strength, uh, aerobic, endurance, whatever. So let's go through those. And would you change your post-workout nutrition guidelines based off the session goal or overall goal? Mm, not really. The will the needs your post-workout change? your post-workout nutrition. If we're being absolutely optimal here, this is talking like yeah, we're talking about the, the one the one percent, mate. That's what we're in. Yeah, we're it in the one percent. Be, always will be. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what we are. Um, <laughs> Your post-workout nutrition needs will be directly correlated to the amount of volume you're doing that's in the session you've had. So if you do a relatively light session with limited amounts of volume, no matter the intensity of them, um, so power, for example, is high intensity, but it's not very high volume, you will not need to stress as much about, like, for example, getting loads of carbs in. Your protein amount will just stay the same, so that like, everyone would have, you know, their, I would probably say half a gram per kilo body weight um, of the athlete so for me and tom would be about 40 grams of protein post workout in the form of a fast acting protein so whey protein would just be the logical choice for that again not that we're talking about like if if you had with me like an athlete who was going to train again within the next five six hours or something like me. or yeah, like had me. to be had to be absolutely perfect and everything you would talk you would say look that would be the best way of going about it um alongside it you would then have like i said this you know the appropriate amount of carbohydrate based on a volume per session so bodybuilding or um, high volume work, whether it's a long distance run, whether it's you know all that sort of stuff, aerobic endurance, whatever it was, you would then have high amounts of carbohydrate post workout just to replenish glycogen and speed up recovery a tiny bit. Um, but that's only if like there was another session later on, um, like I said, or the next day or whatever. But for most people, like people that we train, for example, there would be no difference based on their session. I would just say, look, get your protein in. Same what I said, what I just said, but only wouldn't have to be fast acting. You could just say, look, just get your protein in, 30 to 40 grams, whatever you needed. Um, and then carbohydrates, if you want them, but don't, by no means essential, have them later on in the day, have them for dinner, have them lunch, whatever you need. As long as you have your daily carbohydrate amount between that and then you're probably your next session, you're going to be absolutely fine. Um, and you're also going to get, obviously, protein hits in after that um, a few more times. It's just so irrelevant. Like pre and post workout is pretty much. Um, in fact, I think more people should place more, more. Um, I put more focus on their pre-workout rather than their post. The post-workout is literally just get, get some protein in and then eat whenever you eat after that. But pre-workout, not enough people eat enough food. I don't think they often just don't eat huge amounts, and that's when actually you're better off having some carbs. Probably better off having 30, 50 grams of carbs, you know, an hour and a half, two hours before you work out, than you are having them after you work out. I think um, it's a massive problem because I train majority of my clients how I order my days um, I train my clients in the mornings and there's a distinct lack of any kind of pre-workout nutrition and mm. it would be it would be interesting to run like 
one month where they don't have kind of nearly anything, especially the guys at seven, eight, nine o'clock, they tend not to. Uh, they'll just be on, come in with a coffee, and that's about it. I'm like, yeah. all right, we're gonna have a great session. Um, but that's what, where their kind of homeostasis is. So they're always gonna go from that position. They'd probably be better if they're training at two, but then have a month of them actually having a de- well, decent meal two hours before. I realized that people that's training at 7 a.m., I'm not expecting them to get up at 5 a.m. to have a meal <laughs> to uh, before they see me. I think that would be ridiculous. Maybe just some fast acting stuff. What would you put the people who, say the 7, 8 a.m. warriors, what would you give them? Uh, I sort of say to them sometimes just having a bit of fruit can be can be good. Like I, Again, I wouldn't say to them all the time. Like People have this obsession with like if they're, can't have protein that they won't bother eating because obviously in the morning yeah, first yeah. thing they're like oh i don't like eating protein first thing i'm like all right so don't eat protein then <laughs> like you can just have carbs on their own like there's nothing against it because again like having some carbs is going to help you before you train um so for a lot of people i just say some fruit or even yogurt and fruit they find they can digest quite easily yeah um my go-to is yogurt i just have those 20 grams of yogurts they're just the best thing yeah, it just depends on, on your goal because obviously if you're losing weight, you don't want to be having things like you know a couple of pieces of toast or something before you train because it could be a waste of those three four hundred calories because you're probably not hungry at that point, you know all that sort of stuff. Um, so it does hugely depend on the goal. And like, a lot of people I say who train first thing, they just train faster because like you said, it's the easiest thing for them. They'd rather have a bigger breakfast afterwards. Um, and if they've never trained any other way, then I suppose they're still going to improve potentially. But I agree with you. Like, what could you do if you had more carbs potentially? Um, probably be helpful to some degree um but it's hard it's hard but then at the same time i i, I always say to people look it's not going to make a huge difference it's just going to make a tiny bit of difference but then um, if, so if somebody who does normally train at that that early in the morning they've hit a plateau it could be an issue yeah true it could be something that could push them through it depends on, like I said, what their what their goal is if, if yeah. their goal isn't weight loss and they're happy to maintain then you probably put some carbs in there um because they're probably not going to be worried too much about it, but um, a lot of people, a lot of my clients focus on weight loss. It's one of the things that they don't worry too much about. No. Um, because keeping hunger at bay is more of an issue for them, I suppose, over the day than having two, 300 calories before they work out. And then so. feeling ravenous straight afterwards. And you're like, uh, I wish I'd have that now instead of... Exactly that, exactly that, yeah. yeah. Um, it's the whole but, kind of backloading yeah. stuff. Yeah, but like you say, if they train harder because of it and they burn a few more calories, then maybe they can eat a few more calories. So it's, you know, swings around about us. But, more, you know, we don't, even more gains. We don't really. All the gains, mate. That's all we're worried and about. What, but, um, what, do we, what do we think about the uh, 30 minute catabolic window? Is it still a thing? Non
back to being anabolic as quickly as possible then yeah have loads of quick acting carbs and have some quick acting protein but if people don't agree with it you can you can see the whole uh rationale of like the uh uh, was it like maximum recoverable volume stuff because they won't hit or the for per body part you're trying to hit a certain amount of say that's maximal 28 sets per every two days because chances are that's still going to be sore or still growing and still recovering um Mm. so chances are you can still have protein to synthesize it or replenish it right that's it Madness, all tying into one. See, mate, you do you do know something about nutrition. <laughs> Who knows? Do I? Nah. nah. No, pretend, you pretend, know. pretend to. I, I, yeah, I know enough to hold my own in a conversation with you. Uh, yeah. It's not hard. It's not hard. <laughs> but it brings us on to, mate, um, considering I had a good breakfast of the weekend, and I was thinking, what is the best breakfast that you can have? Mate, well, this is such could, a hard question. It, it is such a hard question. That's that's, that's what we're here for. Tough because stuff, it depends right? on moods as well. I think you see. Yeah, yeah. So this is where we can we can split them into categories. Really, if you're thinking like hangover breakfast, a Saturday morning breakfast, a quick breakfast, and maybe a healthy-ish breakfast or Mate, a brunch breakfast. Hell, there's those... like five different ones. All right, no, there's so, too many there. So right, that's too many. <laughs> week a weekend breakfast that that can, like has like time yeah. right. That's no yeah. time restraints. We have. We're not going to go into cereal because we talk about it all the time. Um, a, it's not breakfast anyway. Cereal is any time. Any time cereal. Um, a, a healthy, I'm using air quotes, uh, breakfast. Yeah. Um, and a quick breakfast. Those three. What we, what we what we saying? We're not going for hangover, no? I thought that was quite an important one. All right, fine. You can have hangover. You said there was too many categories. Right. I came up with five and now you only want four. Well, who cares about health, mate? I'm more worried about hangover. Um, <laughs> no, you're not. So Actually, Dan's the, been drinking a lot more this year, I've noticed. I have, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> stress, stress is what it is. Um, <laughs> there's a real re- you can see why over the last year. You can wonder, wonder why that's been. Um, yeah, so I would say quick and healthy, I'd put in the same one because it's one I have all the time, which is yogurt with strawberries, raspberries, apple, a bit of honey on, bingo. Like, love it. Um, was both quick and healthy. Well, I don't that like sugar, mate. All that sugar, it's gonna go crazy. Oh yeah, all that sugar. Really bad <laughs> um, but my, I don't know. You see, because like favorite breakfasts, right? It does change regularly. But I, I, as much shit as we give the avocado, Tom, I do like <laughs> poached eggs, bacon, and avocado on toast. It is good, right? It is it good. Is there's good, so, but there's something about it that's just like the fat cuts through, yeah. the, like the saltiness of, uh, yeah, the bacon. Something's so good about it. And I'm not as big on like the more um, decadent sweet desserts like pancakes and stuff. I'm not massive on them unless it's bacon and maple syrup on pancakes. It's the only one. Yeah, it's got to be... I I would go savoury. Definitely savoury pancakes. You're not going sweet for a morning choice. No. No. You can't have like chocolate and banana or that. It's just not... Jog on, mate. No, it needs some bacon and some eggs in there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, See, and then I think... See, my weekend one would be the bacon, the avocado, and the eggs, and then my quick and healthy one would be that would be the yogurt and that. So there you go, I'm done, done You're mine. Done. So I've got to concur on the yogurt stuff. So the quick and healthy stuff, I'm having like ala yogurt, or I tend to make smoothie-based things. So I'd still put that yogurt in, or maybe some protein stuff, and then whatever milk's in the uh, in the fridge at a time. I'd put some oat milk in there, lovely, um, and I do frozen fruit. And then easy, 
Oh, it's so good. It is good because it just all blends together. Shove it in the Nutribullet, boom. And then you chow down on that. Whatever you've got, like, that's probably about 20, 30 grams of protein, depending on how much you put in. Mix it around. Easy. Easy as anything. Um, yeah, I just tend to. That would be my quick, easy, healthy breakfast stuff. Um, and then if, if we're going. Eggs are definitely there. I'm not going to go avocado because I, I do like them, but. I don't tend to go towards that way. Oh, this is this is the thing that I said. Um, because I, I do like Eggs Benedict or Eggs Royale and all that kind of stuff, okay? So, with the hollandaise sauce. But I don't understand why Eggs Benedict is... So, if I wanted a perfect one, right? I would go, like, muffin or bagel. Probably I'd go... Because I, I eat bagel more than muffin. Um, so, I'd have yeah. bagel with the hollandaise sauce instead. And then you're going to go... I'd get bacon and then egg and then hollandaise. I don't understand why Eggs Benedict and everybody sells ham instead of bacon. Well, because that's what it technically should be. It, yeah, it? I know. Realise that. But I would 100% buy the bacon one and not the uh, the ham one. Yeah, I hear you, mate. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, I don't understand. But I think if you're going to have the hollandaise sauce, you've got to have smoked salmon because it's, it's the richness of it. Like, I don't think bacon and the richness of hollandaise goes very well. You reckon? No. Might do it tomorrow, just to just to see. Well, you can make because you've got the delights that is London to have <laughs> breakfast in for a while. Yeah. Well, I could to be fair tomorrow if I wanted to go and find someone, does it? Yeah, hundred percent. Buffs, buffs, little London, mate. Now. Um, it's yeah, it makes fucking turn into it. Yeah. <laughs> You're, oh. But um, yeah, I think I'd go towards that. You can't really beat full English stuff. I'd have like some sort of, and I realised that I can get two choices now. I get I want pancakes and like. Uh, what's the what's the potatoes that are in Breakfast Club? Oh, those fried little those like fried little, so, I don't like, know what they're called. Like. Amazing, like balls of awesomeness. Um, and yeah. then yeah, maple syrup, bacon, eggs, poached eggs, poached or scrambled. I oh, see. I like them both. Yeah, they're they're, like they're the both. two choices I go but, with. I never really have fried. The, but the only the only thing I never have fried either. Um, the only thing you can get is a bad. You can't really get very many bad bad poached eggs. I feel in restaurants, but you can definitely get bad. Scrambled egg, because yeah. scrambled egg can be overdone so badly. It's been sitting there for. A I while. always prefer scrambled eggs underdone. Underdone scrambled egg, thousand percent. It needs to be a little bit gooey, yeah. runny, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Laura doesn't like them like that. You see, we always have arguments. Really? I have to take mine out first. Oh, Laura doesn't have a clue what she's doing, does she? I know. She, well, she does. Of course, she doesn't, mate. Come on, <laughs> we know this by now. You, you let her in the kitchen. Jesus, <sighs> mate. I'm a million times better than her in the kitchen. <laughs> but that's not saying a lot. I don't so. know, that's, that's yeah, that's that's basically like you turn on the oven, mate. Well done. Yeah, she burns toast, mate. Like, <laughs> how can you burn toast these days? Like you've got a setting on it. You know what I mean? It's absolutely madness. All right, um, we got last topic, Daniel, um, because it was something that was a rife in uh, the UK PTs group, and oh, like, <laughs> why wouldn't why wouldn't we uh, comment? Uh, basically, it's a quick one, mate, because uh, I thought it was interesting. And it's always interesting for uh, PTs that, or maybe potential trainers that uh, listen to this show or wannabes, I don't know, want to go into what we do, um, is what to expect, say, the best thing and the worst thing about online coaching. Because it seems to be even abundant on, on that UKT PTs group is people who are going to be like, oh, I've been, I've been one-to-one PT for like, or an academy coach or a fitness coach for a year. And they're mm. like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into online coaching now. Got my level three. I'm gonna do this. So, all right, cool. 
<laughs> there was a lot of like you need to be a one-to-one personal trainer before but you, you don't but it's like a big big skill set that we'd we'd find essential if we were to look at somebody um but mm. yeah what's the best thing about being an online coach what's the worst things about being an online coach mate um, I guess from from those sorts of questions, I suppose that those people sort of ask. I think I saw a st- I read a stat or read I listened to a stat only today um, that a, that a guy who works with the leading was one of the a, leading uh, overheard providers. At overhead at Starbucks. Was this? No, it was not overhead at Starbucks. No, no, no. <laughs> no, someone actually knows what they're talking about. Oh, right, um, okay. Yeah, they 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 work in partnership with like one of the leading providers of of PT courses, PT level three courses and stuff. And they were saying that at this present time, there is no worse a time to get into fitness. Like more and more people are trying to get into it, into fitness, more than ever. But the dropout rates after two years are also the highest they've ever been. Seventy to eighty percent of people after two years drop out after wow. doing after trying to do it right. And I talked about this. I put a per, someone asked me this question on my Instagram stories the other day. Um, they said, um, "Do you think?" Um, do you agree that basically the, the lifespan of a personal trainer is really really low or whatever it was? I can't remember exactly. I really I get it up, um, and really? and I was like, no, absolutely not. Like it's ridiculous. That's that's not true. Um, fundamentally, just not not true. Um, and I kind of went over the reasons why, and I thought it'd be good to, to chat about. Um, so the question was, would you agree the fitness industry doesn't seem like a long term industry to work in? And my answer was not at all. The problem is people go into it for the wrong reasons, liking the gym or having a transformation yourself isn't a good enough reason to go into it you have to actually genuinely want to help people ever since i was 16 i was coaching people and helping develop skills so when i was 16 i was coaching football cricket whatever at uni i coached people i coached in primary schools for free as part of my degree um i like i said went into football i was coaching i've been coaching since i since i got into sport helping people coach i think the coaching thing is a massive element. I think it sets people from careers to like hobbies apart. Yeah. Huge. And you can see and you can see it a mile off. People that actually are interested in helping people develop, coaching people, and like I said, like a lot of the time when I get testimonies from clients and stuff, it's not just like, Oh, I feel great, I've lost weight. In fact, hardly any of them say that. But yet they've achieved yeah, they've achieved yeah, it sounds bad. They never they yet never they never do that. We know that. Yeah, they never but. lose anything. <laughs> it's not but like it, the weight loss is like a byproduct. Like, and I say this to all my clients, people don't believe me, is like the transformation is a byproduct of transforming how you think about food, your training, your, the stress you have around it, all, all that sort of stuff. And that comes from having a good coach and someone that coaches you through it. Now, if you're a one-to-one PT or you're a fitness coach or whatever, you've probably only really coached a handful of sessions, a handful of people. What makes you think you're going to be able to coach people remotely if you haven't been able to do it successfully, arguably for long periods of time, one-to-one. Now, I had a bit of a leg up. I only did one-to-one PT for three years before I went into online solely. But like I said, the years before that, from the age of 16, I was coaching people one-to-one in groups. In football, I was coaching people one-to-one in groups for years and years and years. Um, and I think the the worst thing about online training or being an online coach is the perception that it's easy. That really fucks me off. Seeing people who go through a transformation, um, and, and I've had I've had people do it themselves. Like I've had clients do it. And transformation a year later, I look at them, they're an online coach now, and I'm like, fucking brilliant, just because you've transformed yourself um, with my help. But it's that thing of like, oh, I enjoyed it. Oh, I enjoy the gym, so I'll be a PT. 
no, ridiculous. Like, that's not how it works. I enjoy coaching people. I've enjoyed coaching people since I was a kid. That's why I got into coaching. The fact that I coach nutrition and training now is just the niche of coaching that I do. I could have gone into football coaching, whatever. My mum's a teacher. My brother's also a, was a football coach. He's gone into analyst stuff. But again, it's coaching. He's helping people to be better coaches. And I don't want to say it's like genetic or whatever, because it's not, obviously. But I've been surrounded by it for a long period of time. And I don't think it's talked about enough that coaching, like you talked about there, is a profession and a skill. It's not writing down someone's fucking macros and sending them an email going, there you go, do that this week. That's not what it's all about. And it's the perception that as a PT, the online bit is easier. Like you hear a lot of co- PTs do it. Oh, I think I'm going to go into online coaching. I've got about 40 hours you know, a month now as a PT. I think I'm going to ready for online. I'm like, no, mate, you're not ready. You never will be ready. Forty hours like a the month. Systems you need. Well, they, they, well, well, yeah, you know, well, they charge them. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Mate, you hear them, mate. You hear it all the time. Look, come on, you hear yeah. it all the time. You see it all the time. I get it. I get people all the time asking me, and I'm like, why don't you get full to the brim at one-to-one PT first? Full to the brim, because more people, believe it or not, are going to pay money for that because it's it's well established. People know what they're going to get. Online coaching, people still ring me up now and go, so what do I get? What is it? What do I do? We still don't know. I have to explain it to them. The process involved and all this sort of stuff. Whereas. It's far easier to get someone to come into a gym and sign up for a one-to-one PT because they know what that involves. It's like a well-known service. If you're a good PT, you've got a good reputation, you'll make money. But the online world is so difficult to break into because every Tom, Dick, and Harry is doing it at the moment. Um, you know, someone could just put a picture of their fucking ass and go, four-week booty blaster, join here. People will join it because it's the, the picture of their ass. Like... More so than ever, how you look online, I suppose, unfortunately, is your perception of how good you are as a coach, rightly or wrongly. But that's the perception. At least in the gym, you've got a chance to make an impression um, verbally. Um, I can't remember what the question was. I just started fucking. (laughs) I realise that, but yeah. But like the thing is, the perception that it's easy, and that really annoys me. Well, this is the Um, worst thing, right? So perception. This is the worst thing, and this is the worst thing about about the whole thing uh, as an industry and uh, as a whole is like. I know, I know loads of people who, who, are good, who are good at what they do in the, in the online world. They're very, very good, and they genuinely care and want to help people. And I work with some of these people. Like I've now developed more into, I suppose, my job now. I've got about, well, I've got four or five clients of mine that I do their nutrition and training, but I also help them with their business and being a better online trainer and being better at being a trainer, whether that's in person, online, whatever, because I'm now at the point where I can develop those skills with these people. Yeah. Um, and I've got like one client who solely just does that form with me just i just mentor him with his online fitness stuff and like really and again the reason he wants to go into it is because he's he's peaked with the one-to-one stuff so i'm like right i'll work with you because you're fucking smashing it and you want to develop into this because you're a good coach don't worry about it. he's got nine new clients in six weeks don't worry about it but it's fine um but it's the whole perception that it's easy he's also like, lost eight really, though right yeah, he's 28. <laughs> uh, but no, no he's, he's really happy. And again, it's some really simple, cool things. But again, it's because he's good at what he does and he cares and all that sort of stuff. Um, the good thing about online coaching, online training is, um, it, I, I suppose as a coach, the good thing it, it gives you, I suppose, is, um, is, is the flexibility, I suppose, in your day to not have to get up at 5 a.m. and do PT sessions and that sort of stuff. But I, I can't, I, I hate talking about the good things. It makes it sound like it's easy or whatever. And it's like the good things only come after fucking years and years of hard work. Like I don't want it to come across as though like you'll get this straight away because you don't. Like you genuinely don't. But the, uh, for me, like there's a lot of things that people just aren't talking about. 
I'm going to go into more of the bad stuff because you know what? People need to hear the shit. Um, so like, I, I went to the Stag Day this weekend and people were asking me about being self-employed and all this sort of stuff. And they're like, oh, it must be great, you know, not having to set an alarm. I'm like, yeah, I don't set an alarm. Isabel wakes up every fucking morning, but I don't set an alarm. I don't have to generally get up before 8 o'clock if I don't want to. I don't have to. But at the same time, that's also a huge negative that I've got no one looking over my shoulder going, what are you doing? Checking up on me. Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? Your numbers are low. What's happened with this? You have to do it yourself. You have to be so um, self-disciplined to do it. And it's why, on the one hand, yes, it's great having the flexibility to pick and choose when I do my work. But at the same time, that also means I very rarely take time off. <laughs> like, I don't take... I'm not taking a holiday yet this year. I haven't got one booked. Um, like, because I feel like I can't take a day off because I always have to be doing something because I've got no one telling me what to do or, or helping me or pushing me in the right direction with things and I think that you have to be so disciplined in what you're doing and make it and be happy to make mistakes and to learn from them and I just don't think people are prepared to do that and they don't they see the good things they see the flexible lifestyle they see the working from on a computer anywhere they see not being tied to a gym not paying rent um, they see people with their transformations online but they don't understand the work that's taken that's taken to get to that point they assume that they're going to go online and within 10 weeks they're going to be that person. And like I would only say up to this point now, do I feel comfortable with my business, as it were? It's taken fucking four and a half years to feel comfortable with it. And even now, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm really comfortable. I'm just comfortable enough to not be constantly worried about it. <laughs> like, And you have to have very thick skin. You have to understand that it's a cutthroat industry and not everyone's just ready waiting to to buy off you i think there's an assumption that everyone's just out there prepared to fucking hand over hundreds of pounds worth of money for no reason um because it's made to look easy but anyway that's a massive fucking rant isn't it but the good things the good things that i do have now that i absolutely love is that i i absolutely love the feeling that you get when someone says that you've transformed their life or their way of viewing things to the degree that I've never had before with one-to-one -one PT or with working in football because I suppose I take charge of that much of someone's life now that as a PT you don't really go into like for example you don't really go into like massively into their nutrition their neat their lifestyle their sleep their overall change in transformation because for you especially I know from being a one-to-one -one PT like you just can't go over it all in the hour like you don't have that same level of transformation because they're not signing up with you or coming to you for that reason whereas people come to me because they want to drastically change the way they look and that affects then how they feel about themselves and that sort of stuff. Whereas I think as a one-to-one -one PT, they're coming to you for the technique advice, confidence in the gym, um, being stronger, rehab, that kind of stuff. And people are going to say you've changed their life in different ways because they can move freely now. They don't, have, they don't constantly get injured and all that sort of stuff. Um, so they're the good things. And obviously having the, the flexibility to do what work I, I want when I want. But like I said, that's also a drawback. Sorry, I was confused over what you just said. Do what I work. want to work what I want. When I want. <laughs> when I want. Do what work I want when I want. <laughs> it confused me. It confused me. Sorry, I wasn't looking, yeah. looking confused at you anyway. But there's, I think there's also this assumption that like we don't have days that we work. Like I work like Thursdays and Fridays. Like Thursdays, especially my check-in day, big busiest check-in day with my clients. I'm working nine till six. Fridays, I'm working like nine till four, flat out on the phone doing video messages take an hour for lunch on the on the Thursday like there's this perception that it's all just like it's one hour work yeah you're just kind of one hour there or here or there just kind of faffing around have your gym session every single yeah. day absolutely fine um, which is interesting but 
I think people that also don't see like the you know they don't see me driving up to Leeds on a Sunday filming videos all day Sunday all day Monday the other day we hired out studio at university filmed all day like the people don't want to see that bit do you know what I mean they don't they don't think that happens I think they just assume that all our videos get made and that I don't you know that the editing just happens like that and all the nice videos come up and you know like <laughs> I just think I just think that people have a really really poor perception of the amount of work that goes in behind the scenes that they 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 just don't. They wonder why, for example, their content doesn't do very well, or why maybe you know their their, their stuff doesn't look on brand. It's like, well, because you haven't got a brand guide, you haven't got, you haven't paid someone for that. Like you had, you know, all this sort of stuff that people just assume just lands on their fucking lap. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 interesting. I think there's perception of it because I think it's a whole. It, I, think, I feel like with that, it's the whole putting work in. It's 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 a lot of like the stuff that I don't know maybe we're going into more now, and you realise you have to put the work in way more now, and then maybe it's a year, two years down the line that it becomes apparent yeah. that the work was actually worth it, and it might not be worth it. That's the case, but it's just like it's that gamble or that commitment that you have to make, especially with the online training. Like I didn't go fully into it, and I probably never will, um, to be honest, because it's. I don't think it's my skill set, and I don't get motivated by the same as Dan does. And that's a big thing as well, considering considering I'm full one to one PT. So I've got the ability maybe to go into online, be like, yeah, let's smash this as well. But I also don't want to commit that time because there's other stuff that you can. You don't have to. Well, if you're a personal trainer, you don't have to do that if you are full one to one. No way. You can no. go. Into, you go into mentoring. So this is what I do. Yeah. I do mentoring, teaching trainers, that kind of thing. Education, going to content creation, all kind of stuff like that. So start writing yeah. for magazines, do all this kind of stuff instead of online personal training. It's not just and realizing that I think all of those other things I've just listed way easier than online personal training and probably easy to get into because you just I don't know. Just the mentoring stuff. You're probably in a gym suddenly. There's other trainers. You're busy. Help them get busy. Madness. I know yeah. it's madness. Yeah, madness, it's, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, what you, it's like you, it's all you, what you know. And all that. mean, like, at first base, that's, in terms of education, that's what I did. I was like, all right, well, we have a whole of group of trainers now. Should we just run, like, a two-hour thing a week? Didn't get paid for it at the start. And then suddenly that becomes a job, and you start paying for it, and they realize the value because people actually go. That's how I created the, I don't know, education specialist roles. Um, yeah. but it was interesting and with the with the mentoring just it's just easy just take care of other trainers there um, and then if you're content creation it's, it's, again if you care about them like, yeah if you, care, if you genuinely like, but that's just a genuinely caring about other people's coaching as well and realising they work yeah. for either me or I'm working in a similar environment then people's perception of me is based off the people's perception of those people as well so that's why I've, I always think like that's I'm I think in the it comes same back way. to that whole thing with the online training, but also I think with what you do, Tom. I think people that are good at their job make it look very easy. Like any professional athlete who's the best in the world or the best at what they do, the very, very good ones, they make everything look very, very easy. And I think that's yeah. the other thing with online training is it's made to look very easy. Maybe I'm maybe I'm as, I, I'm to blame as much as anyone. I don't talk about the the hard times or the, the bits that aren't as great but again I don't need to like my audience don't give a fuck they don't care but the people that I do mentor and talk to like I do tell them like I have days where I sit here like I've said to you today no inspiration to post anything no content ideas no nothing I was like couldn't be fucking bothered like and I have that everyone has those days um, but I think that like if you good online trainers make it look very very easy but 
like we've discussed, like with this podcast as a prime example, like if we'd, if we'd just looked at like the first 20 shows and gone, oh, no one's really bothering listening, let's just pack it in, <laughs> you'd never be where we are now. And who's to say that we wouldn't have had a guest on that was on, that we've spoke to, that we've got to know, that's led us to these opportunities that we've got now and all this sort of stuff, right? Yeah. And I think people are so short-sighted with it all. They play the short game. Like I said, after two years, they give up. And it's like, yeah, but... you. <laughs> If after two years I could have given up and gone I'm not making huge amounts of money I'm not doing it but I wasn't doing it for that I wasn't doing it to try and make a fortune or to make loads of money I was doing it because I genuinely wanted to do this and care and help yeah. people and it's like James Smith's another example like he blew up but people know no one talks about the years before that like, he was it's training like he was, yeah, two, two and a half three years of doing crap online doing probably the same videos and then probably yeah like just someone came gradually along and got saw traction was, and then yeah it went through it's weird. And I think it's, it's that whole thing of like people just are so afraid to turn up and do stuff. And yeah, like don't keep doing the same shit if it's not working. Like change it and evolve. That's the other thing people do wrong is that they keep putting putting out the same shit that's not working or that worked once. And they go, oh, I'll keep doing that. It's like no, time to change, mate. You need to move on. You need to adapt. <laughs> and there's like different stages of being an online trainer and different stages you're at, and where all those sorts of things that come into it as well. Like it's it's a massive minefield, and to just go, oh, I'm gonna be an online trainer now. Like come on, mate. Like it's. It just baffles me. It really does. That's a good. Me. That's a good rant, man. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Yeah. I just. Um, but yeah, but I, I think I, I do feel strongly about it now because I think I am going into now more the mentoring stuff. Like people are signing up with me now to go. Okay, I need your help with nutrition and training, but also can you help me with my business? And I'm like, okay, yeah, because yeah. it'll cost you. To realize that, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, but of course it will. Of course, it fucking cost you because it takes up more of my time. Um, <laughs> But it's the same, like, I think we've, we've, like, we've talked about, like, with workshops and stuff, we want to do more of those in the future, because you know what, we're now in a position where we can go, yeah, we've been training for this long, this is what fucking works. Like, if you want help when you first start out, like, ask people who are still in the industry, are going strong, because, like I just said, 78% of people drop out after two years, you don't want to be fucking conned by one of them in their first couple of years, <laughs> going to a fucking workshop, because they don't know anything. Um, yeah. Going to it for the right reasons, I think, is probably the, the outcome the, of the that. The biggest rant, outcome, 100%. Yeah, same with one to one, PT. If you don't like people, don't do it. <laughs> don't like it in the mornings, don't do it. Uh, very true, yeah. Just, there is, there's a few trainers who just do evenings, and I think that's bonkers. I'm like, what do you. What? I'd much rather do mornings. I'd yeah. much rather do mornings. Get the day done, bam, go enjoy yourself. Um, interesting. Right, mate, should we, should we cap that there? I mean, people are probably sick and tired of me, but I'm <laughs> All right, um, next week I'll actually be with Dan. Shock in back. Yeah, we'll actually be together, won't we, mate? No. People, I did, somebody did ask me, it was like, have you ever done a show together? I was like, what do you mean? I was like, we do it every week. Um, it was like, yeah, actually, one to one, like in person. I was like, yeah, so we started. That's raw. That is proper raw, that. Raw, isn't it? Jesus Christ. That's why, we, that's why we've got the little splitter. That's why I've still got this little splitter here. I'll, I'll have to actually bring my lapel mic. That'd be annoying, wouldn't it? Yeah. We have to work have to out how it. to actually record it. You got all your fancy Sorry, recording mate. equipment. So I've got fun. I've got two lapel mics. Don't you worry about it. Have you? I don't know if you have to bring it. Amazing. No, I don't worry about it. Got my other one, haven't I? Oh, super. <laughs> all right, uh, we'll cap that there, mate, and we'll catch you live next week. See you later. <laughs>